Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 6. We'll begin with verse number 37, uh, 7 tonight, I mean, uh, this morning. Uh, we learn about, uh, we've been learning about the past few weeks about Jesus calling his disciples and how Jesus called his disciples and that he chose us for, uh, for the role of going out and telling other people about him to be his uh, witnesses. And we saw that after he called them, he brought them down from the mountain and he showed them. He showed them what their ministry was going to, to be like. And he showed them that their ministry was not going to be up on the mountain, but it was going to be down in the plains. It was going to be down amongst the people. It was going to be down amongst those people who were hurting, down amongst those people who were lost. And then he set them all down. He set all of his disciples down, and he wanted to teach them how to be his disciples. And we're taking these couple of weeks and we're sitting before the feet of Jesus, and we're desiring Him that He would teach us how to be His disciples. And uh, as a lot of you uh, remember, when uh, back when you graduated back in 1909 or whenever it was, that uh, when you graduated, there's probably a, uh, a sense that you knew everything. But as you got into the real world, you realized that you didn't know as much as that you thought you knew. And you soon really realize that, you know, life is going to be that constant process of learning and growing. And as long as you may have been a Christian, as long as you may have been a part of, uh, of the church, as much as you may have studied the Bible, there's always something for us to learn because we can never really measure up to what Jesus has for us to do. We're always growing. We're always learning. And these verses will show us clearly how far we are from what Jesus has in store for us. Last week in his teaching, he started off telling us about our attitudes. He wanted to change our attitudes. He wanted to change the way that thought about things and what, the way we thought about life and how Jesus wanted us to have the attitudes of humility. Jesus wanted to have us to have the, uh, the attitudes of longing and desiring. And Jesus wanted us to have the attitudes of rejoicing and celebrating even when people turn us down. But now Jesus wants us to come into another train of thought. He wants us to teach us something else. And what he wants to teach us today is so, so important for us right now. Because what Jesus is going to start teaching us today is that how we are to interact, how are we supposed to respond, how are we supposed to deal with, how are we supposed to treat the people who are around us. And this is an important lesson for us this morning. It's an important lesson for us this morning because of the state that we find our world in right now. Well, let's not just think about our, the state our world is in right now. Let's not just think about the state that our country is in right now. Let's just think about the state just our general area is in right now. Because uh, just this week, uh, I believe it was, uh, was Monday, there was actually a, a, a shooting just about a street over from uh, where I used to live there in Hazelhurst. And the reason for this altercation was two brothers had gotten in an argument over a dog. 
And we saw over the weekend how there was people and there were shootings there in Vicksburg. There were shootings there in Natchez. There were shootings down on the coast. There were shootings there all around us, shootings down at the workplace, uh, down in Laurel, because we just have lost the ability to be able to get around, uh, to get, get along with one another and how to properly handle our disagreement. So it's very important as we learn from Jesus how we are supposed to deal with the people who are around us. And it's also important for us to learn this lesson this morning because not only of the people who are dealing around with us, but how Jesus described to us as Christians in particular what life was going to be about. Remember what he taught us last week about as believers there were going to be people who were going to mistreat you. There were people who were going to hate you. There were going to be people who were going to talk bad about you because of your faith, because of your relationship with Jesus Christ, because of you are one of His. And because we as believers are going to face the constant barrage of people who don't understand us and people who don't like us, we need to understand how Jesus will have us deal and interact with the people who are around us. So let's learn together. As we read in the book of Luke, chapter 6, let's begin with uh, verse uh, number 37, and let's read along together. It says, But I say to you, uh, say to you here, Love your enemies. Do good th to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And for the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold the tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is, is that to you? For even the sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? Or, or even sinners do the same? And if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, as we read these verses this morning, Lord, I pray that our hearts are just cut to the core. Lord, as we read, Lord, the bar that you have set for us, Lord, as, you, as we read, Lord, the type of love that you would have us to show. And Lord, we look at our heart and we realize, Lord, that this is just so beyond what we normally do. Lord, it's so beyond the way that we're used to treating other people. So Lord, we, as we read this, Lord, and that we're just overwhelmed, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll just give us a heart to love you and to love others the same way that you have loved us. Lord, teach us to learn. Teach us to grow. And Lord, during this time, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you teach us 
to love. What a thing that we read this morning as what Jesus tells us how to interact, not with just the people who are nice to us, but how Jesus teaches us to interact with the people who do not like us, the people who revile us. And as a matter of fact, the people that he chooses to list here are the same people that we read there in verse 23. You love those enemies who hate you. You love those people and you creep childly to those who abuse you and who speak evil against you. It's that same group that Jesus is telling you now how I want you to deal with those people. And I just remember a couple of weeks ago as I was reading through these verses, and I read through the scripture what Jesus says for me to do, and I just had to come back and honestly say, I'm not going to do that. Because what Jesus lays out before us is so beyond us. And the tendency for us is for us to just water it down, these verses, in such a way that will make them more applicable to us, that will make us to make them more to where it seems that we meet that standard, that we bring the bar down so that we can climb over it. But I pray that's not what we do this morning because that is what the Pharisees did in attempts to justify themselves, is that they lowered the commands of God to make it as though that they'd meet it instead of looking up at the commands of God and just realizing what wretched people we are and how much we need Jesus. How much different God is from us. And so that's the first thing that we need to do as we need to as we read these verses this morning is that we realize how far we fall short we are and how great God is and how great God's love is and how great Jesus's love for us that he showed us on the cross was. We should be able to stare at that and we should be able to look as Jesus displays to us what love looks like and how far away that we are from it. And so it should humble us this morning. And so as we read to us, he teaches us who we are to love, who we are to love. We are to love our enemies, and we are to do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. So he lays out the four people. He talks about our enemies. He talks about those who hate you. And he talks about those who curse you. And then he talks about those who abuse you. And I know that in our life, we think about how do we normally treat those people? How do we normally treat those people who hate us and those people who abuse us and those people who talk bad about them? Well, we usually treat them the same way that they treat us, don't we? You hate me. I'm going to hate you. If you love me, I'll love you. But if you do me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. And let's just be honest, that's the way that we respond to those people. And maybe if we think as we get to a certain point and of our walk with Jesus, maybe we get to the point where we don't pay those people back and we don't and we don't hate those people back, and we don't return the evil that they have given us. We don't turn evil back to them. We just want to assume a neutral position where we don't do anything. We don't retaliate. We don't respond. We just sort of shake it off. 
And we think that we have climbed the plateau. We think we have God on top of the mountain because we no longer act like the world does in responding evil for evil and hating those who don't hate, hate us. And we just don't hate them. And we just maybe say a little prayer for them. And we think that we have climbed the mountain. But Jesus says, oh, no. That's not how I want you to treat the people who love you, who hate you, who curse you, and who abuse you. I want you instead, and notice the four words that he uses here. I want you to love. I want you to do good. I want you to bless. And I want you to pray for. The four things that he wants us to do to these people who do so much evil to us is not to take a neutral position, not just to do nothing, but rather to love them. What does it mean to love? Well, we read those verses in, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 of what it means to love. And usually the only time we read those verses is when we're talking about people who we intend to love us back. We read those at weddings, and we talk about that's the love that, that the couple should have for each other, and certainly we should. But we have to understand that there's only one type of love, and that love that seeks not itself, that love that keeps no records wrong, that love that is patient, that love that is kind, that love that so embodies the character of God is the same type of love that we are to extend, not to just those who love us, and have made a fellow commitment to love us as well, but it's that same type of love that we are to show our enemies, that we are to love them, that we keep no record of wrongs, but I'm sure we all got that record of wrongs right on file of all the people that has ever done us wrong. You name a person, buddy, we can run off the list of the things that they've done to us, right? We're all like that. We're all sinners, and we all fall short in that way. But the Lord says for us that we not just not hate our enemies, but we love them and that we do good to them. What does it mean to do good? It means to do something nice for them. What are good things that we do to somebody? Well, we give them gifts. We call them up. We wish them well. We maybe go eat a meal with them. Those are the good things that we do. And so the Lord calls us to those people that are hate us that we just not, not hate them. And not only that we also love them, but also that we do good to them. And that we bless them. What does it mean to bless? That means to wish God's favor on them. Boy, that's hard to do. It's hard to do when someone does them wrong. Because our natural instinction, when someone who does us wrong, and when someone says something bad about us, we want God to bring hell, fire, and brimstone on that thing. We want them to bring down the lightning. We want the Lord to turn them into a pillar of salt. We want the Lord to bring vengeance for what they've done to us. But the Lord says that we should wish good upon them. Think about all the enemies that we take up in our life. Think about the people who don't like us. 
Think about all our political enemies. All the people that are so much against us, so time, that the Lord says to us that we are to bless them and that we do good to them and that we pray for them. Now, this type of prayer isn't the type of prayer that I normally pray for my enemies. I pray for my enemies that they just get their life straight. I pray the Lord would show them the evil of their ways. But the prayer that he has for us to pray for them is the same prayer that we would pray for those that we love, that the Lord would bless them, that the Lord would keep them, that the Lord will watch over them. And it's so hard for those words to honestly come from our mouth. We'll say like, well, I know I need to pray for that person, but I just can't because I just can't. And so the Lord says for us that we are to interact with our enemies with love, that we are to interact with our enemies with, uh, with, uh, with goodness, that we are to interact with our enemies with words of blessing and with words of prayers. But too many times what our hearts are on are these two things that he mentions in this next verse. It says, to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And for the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. He wants to talk about two things that are very important and mentioned a lot in the Old Testament law. Now, I know in school y'all learned the, uh, the four R's. You know, you had your reading, your writing, your arithmetic, and your reason. But he wants to introduce us to the two R's that we normally wish on other people and that were a part of the law. The first one is, is retribution. Retribution. What, is that, what does retribution mean? What retribution means is the penalty, the punishment that someone receives for doing evil to you. Now, you notice the Scripture says to here, and makes this analogy, if someone slaps you on the cheek, then you are to turn and offer the other cheek. What he is doing is he is referring to what was in the Old Testament, the code of retribution. And that is what someone did to you, you get to do that person. And how did the Old Testament describe it? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So if I go over there and I knock Grayson's tooth out, he gets to try and attempt to knock my tooth out. And if I go over there to Jerry and I poke his eye out, he gets to poke my eye out. And that was the law. And you were entitled to your retribution. And under the Old Testament law, when someone did evil to you, you were entitled to your retribution. And that's the type of law that we want in our life. When something bad happens to us, when someone brings evil in our life, we want that karma to come back around, right? We want what goes around to come back around and to have it to them. And we wait for the day that it happens. And when we see that person and we see something come back around in their life after they've done for us, we say, ha, 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 the Lord's done got you. The Lord's done paid you back for what you did to me. But Jesus says, we're not to seek retribution. 
And that's why he says that when someone slaps you in the cheek, you're not to take your entitled retribution to slap them in the cheek also. But instead you forget about it and turn that other cheek and give that person a fresh start. Maybe that's why so many of his disciples turned away. Maybe that's why so many people stop following Jesus, because that's hard. Because we all want our retribution. We all want our payback that's due us. And the second R is restitution. Listen to what he says in that last part. If someone, uh, if someone takes, uh, takes your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. The Old Testament law talks about restitution. And what is restitution? That is, you are having to make up for something that you have stolen, that you are to have to pay back uh, an assessed thing for a damaged property. And in the Old Testament law, there was an a, uh, equation that was set aside for restitution. In other words, it would be the value of the thing to which you stole, the value of the thing to which you destroyed, the value of the thing to which you took, plus a fifth. And all you graduates would know that's 20%. So if uh, I went and uh, I stole $100 from you, how much would I have to pay back? All right, you all fell. We're all going back to school next year. What's one-fifth of $100? Anybody know? $20. So you would have to pay back $120. Gavin's back there, look, man, I know, worked so hard to finish. I'm through with this math. I'm done. I ain't doing that problem. Because that's what you're entitled to. When someone took something from you, when someone stole something from you, when someone broke something yours, any of that, you were entitled to restitution. But Jesus says, if someone takes your cloak, offer them also your tunic. What kind of crazy love is this? Maybe that's why so many of the disciples went away. Because they realized that Jesus asked of them more than what they were willing to give. And then he gives us this blanket statement, a blanket statement that should garden how we treat and how we interact with the people around us. In verse number 31, and as you wish that others would do to you, do to them. How much do we impose on other people the way that we want to be treated? We'll go up and somebody will say something to us and we'll say, you ain't going to talk to me like that. And we'll go up and we'll go eat out somewhere. We'll go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and that person down at McDonald's on that drive-thru, it don't matter what kind of day they done have, you better be nice to me and you better get my order right or I'm going to be up on Facebook and TikTok and I'm going to tell everybody about how evil of a person that you are because we want people to treat us the way that we want to be treated. 
So we impose our attitudes. We impose our standards on everybody else. But Jesus flips the script. He said, why don't you, instead of insisting everybody treat you the way that you want to be treated, why don't you start treating other people the way that you want to be treated? You want somebody to be good to you? Be good to them. You want somebody to talk nicely to you instead of showing another attitude? Why don't you do that to them? Why don't you begin treating other people by the same standards that you want to be treated? And I promise if we would follow this rule, this rule, then our lives would be a lot better. And if everybody would follow this rule, the world would be a better place. As a matter of fact, this rule is so good, buddy, it's so high up there. I think it's a, was this a bronze rule? No, no. A silver rule? No, no. It, it's better than that. It's a, it's a golden rule. Everybody doesn't live by that rule. And since they don't live by it, we don't feel no obligation that we should live by it. But as Christ's disciples, he has called us to treat other people with love, and with blessing, and with goodness, and prayer, treating them always the way that you would want to be treated. Would you like someone going around talking about that one mistake you made back in your life? Or would you rather them talk about the good things that you've done in your life? Always as believers, we should ask ourselves, are we treating other people the way that we in ourselves would desire to be treated. This is what the Lord says about love. This is what the Lord says the way that we should interact with people. And he sets a high standard and he sets a high bar. But we have to ask the question, it's like, why does God say this? Why does God be so insistent that we show such love and such compassion to those people around us who have done such harm for us? What is the justification of that? Why can't I just treat people the way that they treat me? Why can't I insist on my retribution? Why can't I get my fair restitution? Why must I do it this way? And he gives us three things. He gives us three things that he tells us why we should do this. And the first thing he tells us is that this is the only type of love. This is the only type of love that God recognizes. Listen to what he says for us in verse number 22. It says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? Even, even sinners do that. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? Aren't sinners even doing the same? And if you lend to those who you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lead that and get back the same amount. He said, that if you're living that life, that doesn't impress me. If you're doing good to people who do good to you, what difference is that? Even lost people do that. And if you're loving people who love you back, what good is that? Even lost people do that. And if you lend to those people who's going to give you something back, if you're just on Christmas and you're writing out your Christmas list and you say, well, normally I had, I had Johnny on my list, but he didn't get me nothing last year, so I ain't going to him nothing this year. What good is that? What good is that if we do good things? 
only expect people to do good things about it. I love the way he said it at the end. What credit is to you if you lend to those who are expecting to get a return, if you expect them to return to you the same amount? Isn't it the way we normally think about blessings when we think about blessings from the Lord? He said, Lord, I'll give you this, but I expect that you kind of bless me with that back in turn. Lord, I'll put you uh, $100 in the offering plate, but I expect you to somehow that $100 come back. And as a matter of fact, you remember that 20% the preacher was talking about? I want that too. He says, what good is that? God doesn't get excited when we love those who love us. God doesn't get excited God doesn't reward those who only do good to those who do good to them. God doesn't recognize, God doesn't excite it when you lend and when you give good gifts to people who you expect and people who you know are going to give them back. Why? Because even sinners do that. But listen to what he says to us as he gives us this promise. And it says, uh, And Lynn, expecting, uh, he says this, he says, but love your enemies and do good. And Lynn, expecting nothing in your return, and your reward will be great. This type of love is the only type of love that God rewards. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, where he talked about some other things. He talked about the topic of people who, uh, give, uh, who give alms or who give to the poor. He says, look, when you do your generosity, don't let your right hand know what your left hand doing because if it's done in the open, you know, you, see, you receive your reward because everybody sees you giving to the poor and, and everybody says, well, he's a great person. Well, that, that's your reward. But if you do it in secret, he says, then I will reward you. The Father in heaven will reward you. And then he talks about prayer. He says, man, when you, uh, when you do your prayer, don't be going out on the, the street corner where everybody can see you. You know, so uh, they'll look at you praying and say, man, what a, what a holy guy he is. Because if you do that, then, those, uh, then those, uh, that will be your reward, that everybody will just think you're a great person. But it says when you go to your closet and you shut that door and pray to me, then I will reward you. And he said, also, when you fast, don't go putting on a show. He said, don't make your hair grow long. You know, don't make it look like you're suffering because if you do that, then you'll get your reward will be this, that people recognize and say, man, he's pious because he's fasting two days out of the week. But if you do it in secret, if you do it without anybody knowing, then the Lord will reward you. And he gives us that same principle when we love with the love of the Lord, when we give to those who hate us, when we love those who are enemies, when we lend to those who can't return. He says, then I will reward that type of love. So what does the Lord reward us with? Does he reward us with material possessions? Sometimes. But the most important thing that we need to remember is that even though that reward doesn't come here upon earth, we know the Lord will can reward us a hundred times, a thousand times more in the kingdom to come And you say, well, I can't see that. You know, I don't have a receipt from that. I can't do it like my bank account and look at that number and see how much is in there and see that number go up, up, up. Or if you like my bank account, go down, down, down. But we have our faith 
And it's by faith that we follow Jesus. And it's by faith that we show love to our enemies, that we give to those who can't give back. When we show good to those who do us evil, it's by faith that we do that knowing that the Lord not only sees it, but also that the Lord rewards it. But secondly, we do that. It's because when we do that, we bear the family image. We bear the family image. Listen to what he says that. He says, um, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind and grateful and kind to the ungrateful and the evil. The Lord shows a type of love that's different from the world's love. The Lord didn't love those, just love those who loved him, because none of us loved him. But rather, he showed love to the ungrateful and the evil. The ungrateful and those who are evil. Now, the ungrateful and those who are evil, is he talking about those people who are doing all that shooting? Is he talking about those people over there in Texas, those people over there in California, those people over there uh, in, um, in, uh, in Natchez, those people down the, over there in Vicksburg? Or is he talking about those people sitting down there at Pine Grove this morning? We're the ungrateful and we're the evil. But yet God shows his love to us. And since he loved us in our ungratefulness and in any of our evilness, God wants to show that love to those who are around us. And so when we show that type of love, that love that is so different from the rest of the world, we are displaying God's image. And in some way, they see God. We're so much greater witnesses in how we act than in what we preach. And when we show love to those who show evil to us, people will see the face of God. But most importantly, number three, he says this in verse number 36. It says, be merciful even as your father is merciful. Isn't it good to know that God doesn't just strike us with lightning every time we do evil. Some of us would be just walking down the road just constantly getting zapped. But the Lord shows us mercy. Not responding to us, not paying us back for our sins. But responding to us in His grace and His love. We may think that showing love to our enemies is hard. We think it's impossible, and we think it's without reason. But when we truly sit down and we contemplate how unloving, how ungrateful, and how sinful we really are, how much of a debt that Jesus forgave us, then for us to show love to someone else on here on this earth becomes a whole lot easier. So I pray that we seek to be more like Jesus every day. 
in the way that we need to be more like him, in the way that would make the most difference in the world. It's if we start loving, not like the world loves, but love like Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the many things that you've blessed us with. Lord, we thank you most of all for your love. Lord, that love that came down here to pay the price for our sins even while we still sinners. But Lord, I pray this morning that we just don't take that love and keep it for ourselves, but that love that you had shown us, Lord, we show the world around us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand and sing a hymn of invitation.